There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico well, there you go for uh, those of you who tune in specifically for the music, which a lot of you do. Um, that, that's uh, Long John Baldry introducing our uh, regular spot from Latin America. Uh, it's John Bonfinio joining us from Campeche in Mexico. Uh, John, very good evening to you. Good evening to you too, Martin. Well, let's start by talking about uh, Saul Canelo uh, Alvarez. Um, he's uh, he's vowed to activate a rematch clause uh, and face Dmitry Bivol again uh, after his shock defeat by unanimous. We're not used to talking about Canelo being defeated, um, but it was a unanimous uh, decision uh, in Las Vegas by the judges, and uh, he wants to have another bash. He does, and and I guess it's really uncontroversial in the sense that you know nobody, even Canelo. Has come out a couple of times during the week, and he's not questioning the the decision. He's not saying he was hard done by or anything. He's got no excuses, and and that has actually elevated him in in the minds of um, of many as well. And actually, it is a surprise that he lost to Dmitry Bivol. But but actually, in terms of his modus operandi and the way that he goes about his goes about his business, which is seeking challenges always slightly further outside of his reach, whether it's stepping up to light heavyweight, trying to unify the super middleweight division in a year, which had never been done before and so on. This is not a boxer who takes it easy and takes easy bouts. So at some point we were going to be talking about this. And I guess that the the humility um, uh, that, that Canelo Alvarez has, has expressed over the course of the last week has actually been really unsurprising in a way, even though he is from the boxing fraternity, but also really refreshing in that, He's looked inward and he said, yeah, I, this is a problem for me to deal with that I need to, uh, you know, to take this on board and, and move forward and so on. And, and for sure to take on Bivol again, he said things cannot be left this way. So whether that, that rematch happens at light heavyweight or Bivol goes down to super middleweight is open to, uh, to debate and conjecture. And we're still only a few days away from the bout itself. So. There is, I mean, certainly at this end of things, Martin, you can imagine there is exponential noise. I mean, anybody who has a voice is expressing an opinion about what Canelo did wrong. But I think to my mind, really, it just it elevates him further as being a unique boxer who who takes on challenges, you know, unlike any other boxer that I've certainly known of for the last uh, 20, 25 years. And it's all the more exciting for it because he's clearly not going to stand still. He's going to he's going to move forward and, and keep taking on these um, these new challenges. And even if that means that he loses a bout here or there, then uh, I, th- I think uh, yeah, he for sure is one of the, the, the most risk taking uh, boxers mm. of the last generation. And, of course, we ought to say that Bivol is uh, Russian, um, but was allowed to compete, but not display uh, the Russian flag and, uh, you know, or have the national anthem played. Yeah, I mean, that was very much a, you know, a subtext uh, within this. Actually, in in terms of Latin American press and and Mexican media, really, that was uh, subsumed. I mean, the the whole Ukraine-Russia thing is, 
is very present here, but not in a in a sporting sense. And certainly when you've got you know the kind of a, a, a demigod kind of figure like Canelo fighting a um, you know a, a light heavyweight champion, it doesn't really make the the news in quite the way that it would in in, in different circles. But certainly yeah, also one of the things which Canelo came across with Bivol, which he hadn't come across before, was was the the kind of the 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 force and the counter counter punching nature of Bivol, which certainly took uh, Canelo Alvarez um, by surprise. And you could see not just during the bout, but with his face afterwards. It's I mean I don't think Canelo has taken a beating the likes of which he took last Saturday in his career to date. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, former Honduran president uh, Juan Orlando Hernandez. Uh, is in court, isn't he, in uh, New York? Uh, he's pleaded not guilty uh, to drugs and weapons charges, and uh, he's pledged to subpoena three, not one, not two, <laughs> but three former U.S. presidents. I um, mean, it's not quite as exciting as uh, Colleen Rooney versus, uh, <laughs> versus Jamie Vardy's wife, but um, it's a hell of a pledge that um, Juan Orlando Hernandez has made. It is a hell of a pledge. And actually, I think it, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this because what he's basically doing here is pressing the nuclear button and saying, if I'm going down, I'm potentially bringing down this whole big tent, this whole house, this whole infrastructure of you know, government and power and control down uh, with me. And actually, he didn't start this. El Chapo, at his trial um, of a couple of years ago, did basically the same thing and said, I'm going to incriminate. You know, if, if, you, if what you're saying is that I have such amazing connections in uh, government and uh, economy and military and so on, then I'm actually I'm going to bring these people to court and I'm going to make them testify and at the very least embarrass them. And at the very worst, get them sent down or at least, um, you know, indicted along with me. And Juan Orlando Hernandez, the, the worth revisiting this quickly, you know, in January, he was the Honduras president, the president of Honduras. So the most the most powerful person there in February, uh, he he came out of power. He was charged with drugs, weapons, money laundering offenses in March. Supreme Court judge in Honduras said he could be extradited in April. He was extradited. And now in May, he's in court. I mean, the, the rapidity that. The speed of this is absolutely remarkable. And now he's appeared in he's being held in the same Brooklyn prison that El Chapo had previously been held in and has appeared in the same court uh, that, that he had also. And he said, you know, nothing to see here, not guilty, governor. But he has said through his lawyers that go on, then if you're going to try me, let's do that. Let's play this game and let's see who else uh, I bring down with me in this in this uh in this court case, he's mm. he's said about bringing Biden and Obama and Trump uh, to court to defend him. He said, you know, Biden might be busy, but you know he doesn't know particularly what Obama and Trump are, are doing at the moment. So they can certainly come to to testify. And he's even said that you know El Chapo himself can come and testify. I don't know particularly whether it's in his defence or not. But mm. if this teaches us anything, which it doesn't really teach us, Martin, because he's spoken about this for a while. Yeah. But if this if this teacher says anything, is that you know the the, the drugs offences in Latin America do not begin or end with one man or one individual. They're certainly not low level, and they are a vast tentacled network that reaches absolutely everywhere. Yeah.
Absolutely. The um, the other thing we've learned about Latin America is it's uh, uh, most parts of Latin America are still quite fiercely uh, Catholic, especially when it comes to things like abortion. Um, tell me about this this woman in uh, El Salvador. I mean, I guess if, we, if we'd had this story five, ten years ago, it would have been less of a surprise because at that point, uh, the stories of women having miscarriages or obstetric emergencies in El Salvador and being sent down for, for murder for 20, 25, 30 years was actually fairly common. But this has kind of rolled back a little bit over the, over the last seven or eight years. And in particular, the recent president, uh, the current president, Nayib Bukele, said that no woman should be jailed for an obstetric emergency. And there's been a few releases of these women who've been doing life uh, over the over the last few years. So this really bucks that trend a little bit. It doesn't buck the trend in, in the sense that the the laws have changed in El Salvador. And worth saying that the law is the same in El Salvador as it is in Dominican Republic, as it is in Nicaragua, and as, as it is in Honduras, in that um, abortion is illegal under any circumstances whatsoever, not even to protect the, the life of the mother. In Guatemala, Paraguay, and Venezuela, it's illegal in all circumstances except for that. And in Brazil, it's the same except for in cases of rape. So, so generally speaking, you have a, a significant swathe of Latin America that has some of the most uh, prohibitive restrictive abortion regulations on earth to the tune that if a fetus dies, that you will actually be tried for murder. And this is what took place, what has taken place with this individual. We only know her as Esme at the moment. She was, she's been sentenced to 30 years in prison uh, for the death of an unborn child. Uh, she had some kind of emergency two years ago, went to a local hospital for help, and as a result of that, uh, then spent two years in, uh, in pretrial detention and has just been sentenced uh, now as well. So uh, for sure... You know, whatever your view of uh, of abortion, the, the kind of um, punitive justice oh, that is impacted on, and in particular, you know, poor women, uh, because they don't have the resources to be able to deal with these situations. So uh, that is impacted, that falls on the heads of uh, unsuspecting women who are just trying to have a, or not have a baby, and then who are suddenly being done for you know, murder or manslaughter in prisons which are, you know, not equipped for these kinds of individuals is fairly horrific at, at best. And, and here we are again, sadly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is horrific, almost beyond belief. Um, John, as always, thanks uh, ever so much. And uh, if it's all the same with you, we'll talk again next week. Take care. Speak soon. Good man. There is uh, John Bonfilio uh, joining us from Campeche in Mexico.